I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walt. Psalm 119, Psalm 119. Here we enter the seventh section of our 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And so this letter is Zane. And in the Hebrew, if you were to read this, all of these verses would start with that letter. And in here, we find that the psalmist is uh, dealing with some scorners that are they're out there against him and we've talked about those that were approaching and now we got those that are scorning and he does it around the word remember and it's good for us to bring the right kind of memories into our thought process he says in verse 49 remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope this is my comfort in a, my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. That's verse 50. Now we'll jump over 51 and go to 52. I remembered thy judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. We see that we're to remember the comfort of the word. We're to remember the comfort of the word. Remember the word unto thy servant. What he's saying there is re, re, bring back to my memory these words and so we hide the word of God in our heart that we might not sin against God how does that work because when we hide the word of God in our heart he brings it back to our memory and says no 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 this verse says yeah I memorized that okay I'm not going to do that and it keeps me from sin if I have no clue that the Bible says don't do something nothing's going to come up except conviction and I'm gonna be like what's that all about but when a verse pops up you've got something nailed down in concrete so he's saying please remember me and uh, your word to me. I want your word to jump out at me. And it's in, a, it's in that imperative mode, meaning that he is, he is commanding or imperative, make this happen. I've got to have this. I'm your servant, and I want to stay your servant. I want your word to come back again and again and again. He said, remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. You, know, you have made this to happen. You have caused me to have that waiting ability to be patient. It's not just waiting and going, ah, I gotta have, why is this answer not, what's good? It's a patient waiting. It has the idea of, I have plenty of hope, expectation. It's not, I hope so. It's, I have hope. I know it. And so I'm going to wait. I'm going to be patient. God's in control. God's got this. There's no issue. I'm going to be okay. 
just as long as, Lord, you will bring back to me and mention to me in my heart over and over again thy word. I want to muse on the word. I want to meditate on the word. I want to stay in the word. Then in verse number 50, he said, this is my comfort in my affliction. What a statement. This is my comfort. It's a personal comfort to an individual psalmist. It is a wonderful word because it's in the word of God that I can say, Lord, in my life, bring the word back over and over again. By the way, the Holy Spirit's one of the things that he does, and I say this a lot because it is so important, he guides us into all truth, he teaches us all truth, and he brings it back to our memory. That's over in John's Gospel, chapter 14 and 16. And so I can say, this is my comfort in my affliction. Thank you, Lord. In my times of trouble, affliction, where I am pressed into measure, where I'm in a misery and just constant affliction and oppression and discomfort. And it's not just discomfort, it's extreme discomfort. When I have these things, you are my comfort. Hallelujah. That is a word that I think is awesome. The Bible has a lot to say about comfort. I need that comfort, that consolation that comes, that compassion that comes and can only come from the Word of God through the very Word of God, the very living Word who is God. Now, I don't know about you, but there's just some things that I would love to have when it comes to comforting. Listen carefully to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians when he said to them, Grace be to you all, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, of all consolation, of all compassion. The God who comforts us in all our tribulation, verse 4, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. We can comfort others because God has comforted us. And we know how God comforted us. Therefore, we can comfort others with that same comfort that God comforts us. So if we're comforting others with the godly comfort, and God's comforting us and them with that same godly comfort, and they comfort others, it's a, rep, it's, it's a round that goes through, and we become a succorer of many, a helper. He said, this is my comfort in my affliction. You know why? For thy word hath quickened me. And he uses that intense stem again. Thy word hath made me alive. He asks for it. And now he says, hey, that's how I'm able to stay true. That's how I'm able to stay totally together. Because your comfort in my affliction has come from your word, which I keep asking you to bring back to me so I stay comforted because that word hath quickened me. It, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is the word of God and the conviction of the Holy Spirit on you before you got saved and in you since you've been saved to keep you in that 
word and keep you convicted, which is the next section that we're going to come into in just a moment. But there's one more verse, verse number 52. I remembered thy judgments of old. I looked at your edicts and your uh, judgments where you judge this to be true and right and your sentences with those that go against it. He said, O Lord, and have comforted myself. I looked at all the things you had, all those ordinances and things that you put, and I have taken comfort. I have comforted myself in those things that I know that you judge righteously and when people do right, you judge them that way. When people do wrong, you judge them that way. And I have remembered thy judgments. I know what they are. Hallelujah. And have comforted myself. What an incredible situation to have a comfort from the word of God. Because leaping off the pages is the word the Lord Jesus Christ, my heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit, and all of those judgments and commandments and precepts and statutes and all those testimonies, those things continue to be part of who I am. But he had some issues. He had some things that were coming that remember the, com the comfort of the word, but he also needed to remember the conviction of the word because there were people coming against him. What kept him going? Conviction of the word. The proud have had me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from thy law. How about that? The, the proud, the word proud has everything to do with arrogancy. It has to do with those who are just, you know, presumptuous. Their, their arrogance is beyond. They think they're it. And he said, they have had me in greatly in derision, meaning the word derision there means uh, mockers, scorners. They, they are deriding me. They are scorning me. They are laughing at me. They are mocking me. The proud are constantly out there. The arrogant, oh, you think you're God something. Oh, you believe in that word of God. That word doesn't mean anything. That's just man written it down. And they put every negative twist they can. But my friend, I have proven the word of God over and over again. For almost 50 years, I have yet to come across anything God said that was a lie. I've yet to come across anything in the word that time has not proven, even in the prophecies that did not have all the prophecies of the Old Testament. People mocked that. But hey, when Jesus was born with the precision prophesying of time and place and situation and what would be going on, it came to pass exactly fulfilling every single promise and prophecy. Now we have the promise and prophecy of a second coming. Just like he came in the fullness of time of Galatians 4, 4, the first time, in the fullness of time, he'll come the second time. And the fullness of time is when the fullness of the time of the Gentiles is over and God's done using the Gentile nations and he goes back to the Jews. Now, let me say, while God is using the Gentile nations in a lot of ways to bring the end times, one of the reasons why he turned to the Gentiles is he enlarged Japheth, and out of those Gentile nations came the greatest 
push of the Word of God across the land, including a time when America sent missionaries around the world in droves. A lot of them are coming off the field and not as many to go back today, but we still have a country that sends missionaries. But there was a time when we sent the Word of God here and around the world in an incredible pace. And my friend, we need it. We need the Word of God. The Word of God needs to be in us. He said, the proud, they laugh, they mock, they scorn. He said, yet my conviction kept me going. I have not declined from thy law. I have not stretched away. I have not paid attention to them, but I have paid attention to thy law. Your law, what you said is law, that's what I'm clinging to. I'm not going to anything else. That is where I'm at. I am not going to let them in their strong attack against me. I am not going to allow them to have the victory. Nope. I don't care what they're saying. I don't care what they're scorning. I don't care what they're mocking. I don't care what they laugh at me about. Go ahead and laugh at me. I won't let it bother me. One of the great Patch the Pirate songs is, the psalmist says, I am holding steadfast. I am not declining. I'm not going away from the very law of God. Not going to do it. I want to ask you the question. Are you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain against the Lord? I mean steadfast against the winds of persecution, steadfast against the winds of tribulation, steadfast against the winds of wicked men who will revile you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for Christ's name's sake. Will you be able to stand against the winds of persecution when sin raises its ugly head? The devil says, I want to tempt you. And you say, no, I'm not declining. I'm not going to the left hand or to the right. I am standing straight, true, tall in the very things of God. Not going to do it. Verse 53, he says, horror hath taken hold of me because of that wicked people. Listen, horror taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. The word horror, oh, extreme horribleness, the the burning, it means burning heat. Oh, wholeness taken upon me. It shakes me to my core. It has the idea of intensity and even sometimes anger has taken hold of me because of the wicked. I don't like the way the wicked is. I don't like what they're doing, Lord. They are rejecting you. They're rejecting the very things that you have said. They are forsaking your law. The idea of forsake is to turn your back on it, to abandon it, to say it's not worth anything. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to have anything to do with it. I don't want nothing that even resembles me of it. The mockers blatantly re, uh, just disrespect, disregard God's word. And it just filled the psalmist with incredible horror 
and anger against wickedness. And we ought to be angry at sin. Sin has gotten hold of people and has them on a damnable road, a road that leads to hell, a road that leads to eternity of suffering and punishment. But they could be on another road that could lead them to eternal life if they would quit scorning. But I'm telling you, when a person gets down to scorning, that is a bad place. They find themselves sitting down and laughing at God. And Psalm 1 said, if you're not careful, if you take the wrong counsel, you will be all of a sudden, st- you know, standing with in the way of sinners, sitting in the seat of the scornful. You'll be right down, sitting right next to them. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. You need to watch out. The wicked are there. And the Bible says, upon the wicked, he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, and a horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. Oh, my goodness. Be careful. The, the, the wicked have their day. That There's a coming a day when they will find themselves in trouble. Okay, hang in there. My friend, horror hath taken upon me because the wicked forsake thy law. The whole idea about this and by the way that's in the perfect tense horror has taken hold the word taken hold it is completely and totally got upon me i mean it is what is getting me is that these people are not willing to see you and it hurts but it also horrifies me that people are so bound up in sin and we need to do something about this sin yep the proud have held me great derision. They laugh, they scorn, but I am convicted to stay in thy law. I am convicted that sin is a horrible thing, and those that are stuck in it, it is a horror and a just, ah, oh, it burns me, Lord, and it makes me greatly hate sin and pray harder for the sinner. Then we come to verses 54 to 56. And when we get down here, he says to remember to cling to the word. And he's talking about the word keep. Cling to it by guarding it, by putting a guard around it. And I'm going to show you three things that are here that are very interesting where we should hang on and cling even harder. He says in verse 54, Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. The, the first place that we're to cling to is in the house of your pilgrimage. We're on a pilgrim journey here. This world is not our home. It, pilgrimage means we're a stranger. We're temporarily in a place, and we're on a journey home. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through, the songwriter said. Thy statutes, okay, remember he said that engraven word of God, We have the written word of God. We have the engraving word of God. We have his statutes. We can read them, and we can see them, and we can heed them. He said, I have looked at your word. I have seen what you have written down, and they have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage, meaning that I am singing in the midst of this troubling trip home this trip home that's filled with persecution tribulation mockings and mockers revelings and all of these things we are looking at the way the psalmist as looking as he is a stranger and a foreigner in a land that is in that 
horrible place. In Psalm 119, verse 19, we remember reading, I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from thee. I'm a stranger down here. I'm a pilgrim. I'm just passing through. And I'm telling you, the reason why is, for our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad that we are headed on a journey. When the Hebrews Hall of Faith, at the end of it, he says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Peter said, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war in your soul. We are on a pilgrim journey. And those statutes should be our songs in the house of our pilgrimage. When I think of that, I think sometimes of many, many, many songs, especially the hymns of the faith that come up to comfort me. When I think about this world and, and how wicked it is, I think about the fact that blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Thank you, Lord. I could be down on that wicked road headed to the wrong place, but you came by and graced me one day. And blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, born of his love. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Is that you? Are you on that road that's headed to heaven? Oh, your songs will help you in the night. Oh, when the trials and troubles come, a dear lady told Elisha Hoffman, I've got new problems, and Lord, I've just been through so much, and I don't know what to do. And Elisha Hoffman had been to her house many times and seen the anguish and the, all the horror she was going through. And he looked at her and said, Well, I can't count for much, but you can talk to Jesus. Talk to Jesus. Tell Jesus. And she all of a sudden looked up and said, You're right. You're right, preacher. I must tell Jesus. <laughs> Boy, that got hold of the preacher. Yeah, he said, oh, hallelujah, I'm going to take that run with it. And he was a songwriter as well as a preacher. And he said, I am going to take that. And God gave him a song. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, he kindly will help me. He ever cares and loves his own. I must tell Jesus all of my troubles. He's a kind and compassionate friend. If I but ask him, he will deliver. Make up my troubles quickly and end. He said, tempted and tried, I need a great Savior, one who can help my burdens to bear. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, he all my cares and sorrows will share. And the chorus says, I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear these burdens alone. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Jesus can help me. Jesus alone. He said, I want you to remember to cling to the word. 
in the house of your pilgrimage. In verse 55, he said, I've remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night and have kept thy law. He says, remember to cling to the word in the night. In the middle of the night when things aren't going all that great, he said, I have remembered thy name. The first thing you got to look at is that you need to remember his name. The only name through which we find salvation. No other name has meant so much to me, the songwriter said. When sleep is deprived and you're laying awake, pray to the God who's always there. The God who does not sleep nor slumber, but is always available, is always ready. So you just reflect, you meditate, you muse on the word of God and call out his name and say, Lord, in Jesus' name, come and comfort me and help me. Show me what I need to do. Do I need to pray for someone? Do I need to listen to you? You're going to tell me something? Or can I just pray, Lord, help me to fall asleep? I'm glad that we can call on his name even in the midst of the night. Another psalm says he gives songs in the night. And he will sing to us the songs of Zion in the night. And he said, because I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night, I will keep thy law. I will put a guard. I'll cling to it. I will guard the very laws that I have said I'm not going to turn to the right hand or to the left hand from. Even in the night, I call out thy name, and I still have that guard in tight. I mean, I'm guarding your word with everything I've got, and I'm not giving up, and I'm not giving in. And he said in verse 56, this I had because I kept thy precepts. And when we get here, we see that we are to cling to the word in our guarding the very principles we have put in our life. The word precepts is where we take the word of God and we see the principle that is there in those commandments and in his very word. What he's saying, and we apply that principle to all of life. Every single aspect of life, which just boils down to this. Putting a guard on those principles keeps us focused on obeying the word of God, of obeying the commandments of God, of obeying the things that God has told us to do because we have guarded, we have clung to the principles of life that we get out of all the wonderful things of God. When you are being oppressed and you are going through trials and tribulations and troubles, when you're going through those times where temptation raises his ugly head and tries to pull the rug out from under you, you take comfort like the psalmist did. You take comfort in his word. You take comfort in him. You remember his word. You remember his judgments. You remember his name. You put a guard on the law. You put a guard on the precepts of it. Do not decline to the left or to the right from the law and comfort yourself with the comfort he is giving you because he has been comforted in his affliction because his word hath quickened him and made him alive in Christ Jesus. My friends, you can do the same. You can turn troubling circumstances into triumphs by just remembering, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, to be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which is preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereby Paul has made a ministry. If you'll just hang on to that precious word and you will remember that God is there and you can cry out like they said in Isaiah, for the Lord God will help me. 
Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. Amen and amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you would encourage our hearts, strengthen us with might by your spirit in the inner man, enlighten our eyes, empower us through your Holy Spirit, and may we guard the word and guard your precepts and guard everything and let your word comfort us and your name comfort us and your presence comfort us and keep on keeping on in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every you have been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton, you can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.